I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in my closet recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. How's your quarantine going this week? Well, last night, I don't know what happened, but I, okay, went to bed at like midnight. I swear I was in bed for like 60 seconds when I heard a car horn that just did not stop. It, it no. was it had to have been no joke for like two straight minutes of just a solid car horn. <laughs> and at some point I was like, do I have to go check? Like, is someone dead? Because <laughs> like there's no logical reason why anybody should lay on their car horn for more than two seconds. I've said this before. If you honk for more than two seconds, your car should explode. <laughs> But then I looked outside finally, and I'm pretty sure a limousine got into an accident. So it was like stuck in the middle of a road. And it had to have been carrying like a bachelorette party or something, because then they all got out onto the sidewalk and were wooing every every 30 seconds. Just a full (laughs) full blown wooing on the street at midnight. Yeah, it was a Saturday, but I don't give a shit. (laughs) I was just like, I was seconds away from like getting a sword and going outside. First of all, (laughs) why the fuck are you having a bachelorette party right now? No, there had to have been like 15 of them. I was like, absolutely not. Get the fuck off my block. I'm not taking this right now. And then I could hear them. I think they all like walked away eventually because they couldn't get back into their limo. And I could hear them wooing from like blocks away. <laughs> I was so it was so aggravating. I had such a headache. Anyway, so I, I have. So it sounds some, like you're amazing. It sounds like you're well rested. You're ready for like a gorgeous recording. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly in the mood for it. I'm certainly <laughs> in the mood for some complaining. How was your week? Oh, you know, last night I watched the 1976 film Network. Have you ever seen it? Mm-mm. It's a classic. I had never seen it. I just want to point out that there is a scene where a news anchor is yelling to tell everyone to go over to their windows and scream, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. Wow. And then they cut to like cities all over the country where everyone is screaming that outside their window. And I started crying (laughs) (laughs) because that's where I'm at. Uh, And it was very topical. (laughs) Did you do a primal scream in college? Do you know this? What? (laughs) Well, besides just your standard issue primal screaming that everybody does uh, in college. Every week, but. We had, it was part of like whatever that week they call before like finals week um, where you have no classes and they have like a whole bunch of stuff to try to like make it less stressful as you prepare for finals. And one night they have a primal scream where everybody (laughs) at one time is supposed to like scream your face off. Wow. No, no, I do not. If we did have it, I no, I I don't think that I ever heard of that. 
That's what we should be doing. I'm in full support of the primal scream. We should definitely get that going. Well, we may not have a primal scream, but we have this podcast. So coming up on today's episode, we got worse things first. Where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous, worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into dirty ass dishes. Listen, this topic has come up frequently in the past few months. You're probably familiar with our disdain by now, but there's just so much more to bitch about. This endless cycle of washing dishes. I just had to dedicate a whole deep dive to it. Okay. Then we've got M. Schultz and Christine Schieffer of the podcast, And That's Why We Drink, as our guest complainers. If you're not familiar with their wildly popular pod, it's all about paranormal, true crime stories, and boxed wine, obviously. We get into all that and more, so let's get into it, let's do it, let's grab our sponges and start the show. Alright, worst things first, let's talk about the worst news of the week. First... A small herd of goats is responsible for blocking the presidential motorcade last weekend. As Fred Don- the goat. Fred <laughs> the goat. Yeah. Donald uh, was trying to travel to his golf resort in New Jersey, obviously, because we're in the middle of a pandemic. So where else would the president be but a golf resort? Uh, and uh, our, our good friends, the goats, had the good sense to get in the way. Disruption. <laughs> protest. Goats, welcome to the resistance. Did we have any doubt that, that our abolitionist goats that we feature regularly on this podcast would be on the right side of history? I didn't. I knew. No. Yeah. Fred started as the Harriet Tubman of goats, and now he's becoming the, the Malcolm X of goats. He's saying protest, violent protest if necessary. I'm just going to foment insurrection via goat. <laughs> we love a political goat. Love a political goat. I mean, maybe especially because these goats technically work for Donald. According to a White House pool report, there was a brief pause during our drive onto the property to make way for a herd of goats that live on Trump's property. He gets a tax break, a property tax break known as a farmland tax break worth nearly $80,000 a year on his golf resort because it supposedly doubles as a goat ranch. What? According to the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> yeah. So I guess there's like a, a loophole for landowners who, if you say that your like property is technically like an agricultural project, then you get a fucking tax break. You, so you know, what, you know what this makes me want to do? Primal scream. <laughs> Just fucking primal scream. I mean, oh, listen, I haven't like truly, truly gone off on this pod, but it makes me so mad when people call that man a businessman. He played a businessman on TV. He is not <laughs> a businessman. That's, uh, that's insane. It's like Meryl Streep was not editor in chief of Vogue magazine. Okay. <laughs> she should be, but she's not. But yeah, apparently the Trump National Golf Club in Bedminster uh, maintains 113 acres of hay farming and eight goats. Eight goats? <laughs> and you get $80,000 a year? Oh, it's ridiculous. It's so That's ridiculous. That's not enough goats. Remember when that person last time bought, uh, bought like five goats? and For it was like $900. Not <laughs> yeah, it was not that much. So apparently that's all we need. 
Well, we can go in together on five goats and get a, a, a nearly $100,000 tax break. Let's do it. I'm down. Next, an old tradition dating back to the Black Plague of the 1600s has reemerged in Florence. Wine windows. Woo! Basically, wine glory holes. <laughs> That servers can pass alcoholic drinks through in a socially distanced manner. I don't know if you've seen. Oh, I've seen it. And this is a best things first kind of situation here. Yeah. But once you get past the like dystopian nature of it, it is very funny to just see a human hand sticking out of a hole in the wall, (laughs) just like completely disembodied with a drink in it. I mean, it's my ideal human interaction. I think every restaurant should have this. I want a McFlurry that is being passed to me through a hole in the wall. Amen. Okay. Frappuccino. Anything. A hot dog with with everything on it. A big old pickle. Yes. Oh, my God. My my friends recently sent me a basket of food, including pickles, and it's the first time I've had pickles just in the house in years. I fucking love pickles, man. I love snacking on pickles. Anyway, this is just a new development in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I I enjoy a good pickle. I just don't like when they get like too wet. I'm sorry, like they what? can get too soggy. I like a crunchier pickle. Oh, I'm a huge fan of the crunch. No, I mean these are Zabar's pickles. Like they're top notch, okay? Okay. Well, sorry, I have shitty pickles. <laughs> so yeah, these wine windows haven't been used in centuries, but they've started to reopen in recent weeks due to uh coronavirus. And according to the Wine Window Association, <laughs> just I didn't make that up. It's Surprise, a, it's you're not the president. Real organization of people who oversee these wine glory holes. They said that they're now being used for all sorts of things, not just to stick your pee pee through, but also they're serving wine, cups of coffee, drinks, sandwiches, ice cream, Ooh. all germ free. According to them, it's germ free. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably not entirely germ free, but Yeah, like, I mean, you don't know what's happening on the other side of that window. Yeah. If I worked out one of those windows and nobody oh, everybody is only seeing my hand, guess what? Fully nude. <laughs> I'm preparing all of your drinks with all of my giblets just out. Also, I would really like to just see a resurgence of that window from The Wizard of Oz where I can just like insult people from a slot in the front door and not let them in (laughs) to my city. That's your doorbell. Yeah. Especially like little girls who think that they're just going to like come in and call the shots with their little dog and their shiny shoes. Get out. Okay. You're not allowed in the city. And finally, I'm just going to read this headline verbatim. But naked man caught chasing wild boar that stole his laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Let him surf the internet. <laughs> the amount of DMs that I got about this story. Yeah, I mean, the picture pictures are pretty, pretty hard to say no to because, yeah, <laughs> it is just the perfect looking naked man, by the way. Like for a story about a naked man, this is exactly mm-hmm. who you would picture. Right. I feel like this scene was drawn like you would draw a cartoon about this scene. <laughs> uh, so it was at a lake in Berlin called Tufelsi. <laughs> wow, what language was that? German, it, obviously. Really? Okay. 
or Devil's Lake in English. I guess this lake is known for, or I don't know, maybe this is just all lakes in Germany, but it's known for having people, it's like a maybe clothing optional. I just assume that's every like body of water in Europe. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a bunch of like, you know, beach goers there, lake goers. And then a, a boar, a wild pig, if, if you haven't pictured it yet, and her two piglets were seen perusing the shore in search of snacks. Just having uh, a nice little beach day for themselves, you know? Yeah, what, looking, are the, what do you think for they're the popsicle for? popsicle lady. They're doing what everybody else is doing, having a good time. After reportedly consuming a stash of leftover pizza from the backpack of another tourist nice. who was swimming in the lake at the time, the pig, <laughs> the pig posse moved on to a bright yellow bag which they presumably thought also had food in it. And that was the bag that had the man's laptop. So uh, they started running away with it. And then the naked man started chasing them, according to a, a person who documented it. <laughs> Quote, he gave it all in his Adam's costume. Oh, not a birthday suit. His Adam's costume. <laughs> wow. I love sure. that. Just getting real biblical with it. This is basically <laughs> what happened in Genesis. <laughs> Um, and I would say instead of a snake, it is a wild boar. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of an apple, it's a laptop. Right. So in this case, is Eve the pig? <laughs> no, the snake is the the boar. Okay, but the boar is taking the laptop. Yeah. Is he taking it to Eve? Okay. In this case, <laughs> the man is Adam. Uh, the laptop is the apple. And yeah, Eve is the pig. Wow. Somehow you made that story more sexist. (laughs) Listen, I'm just adapting the themes of the Bible, which, sorry to be the one to tell you this, but it hates women. (laughs) Anyway, according to the person who documented it, the man laughed loudly at the images that she took and authorized her to post them on social media. She said, every one of us adored him, how focused he stayed. And when he came back with his yellow bag in the hand, we all clapped and congratulated him for his success. This happens when you're focused on your goals. Wow. (laughs) They also, this article also said that they are deceptively agile, can run up to 30 miles per hour and climb walls up to six feet high. That I did not expect. I don't like this. Six feet high? Yeah, no, that's not. Mm-mm, that's not good. It also reminds me. Remember the the javelina in the beginning of the year that was running that video I, of the javelina. We'll never forget. Oh, I love that pig. I loved her too. And that's it for this week's worst things first. Next, we're diving deep into our sinks. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right, so we've done a few different kitchen-related deep dives, especially in the last couple of weeks, but this topic just keeps coming up time and time again. The dishes. I live alone and somehow I still have approximately 700 dirty dishes in my sink at the end of the day. And I'm I'm ready to start going full Greek wedding up in here and just throwing every last plate and bowl against the ground. 
Opa! That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to smash all of my shit. And then your little Roomba can clean it up. I mean, it's a really perfect plan. It's stuck under the couch right now. And I just haven't... I've been too lazy to bend down and get it out. <laughs> <laughs> like, you live here now. Mm, that's one of your saddest quarantine sentences <laughs> to date. <laughs> I'm just so sick of this Roomba. She gets stuck under everything. I'm like, how do you get stuck in the same spot every day? Don't you have a brain? You're supposed to learn how to avoid this exact situation. But no, next day, stuck. So now I'm like teaching her a lesson. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's gotten to the point where I'm like, you know, do I have to wash every dish every time I use it? What if I just kind of like reuse just one bowl? And I just let it collect all of the flavors of each meal. It just like... It's called seasoning. It's like hot dog water. It's just like exponentially enhancing the flavor and the seasoning with every use. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to start doing. But for real, I'm so sick of washing dishes. And I wanted to do the full deep dive that this chore deserves. So this is why washing dishes is the worst. First... The water is either cold as ice or hot as Satan's taint. There is no in between. One minute, I'm like, this water is not cold enough to kill the germs. And the next minute, I'm like tending to the third degree burns I've sustained from washing my hands in the devil's ejaculate. I hate you. (laughs) Did you not like that imagery? I mean, my, mine is just a one knob thing, but it's very, it gets hot super quick and it gets cold super quick. So it is a, you, you never just turn it on and leave it there. Right. Although there's something weird in my apartment and it doesn't get really cold. It gets not hot, but I would say if I turn it all the way to cold, it's still kind of like lukewarm. Mm, that's interesting because you started this by saying it's either cold <laughs> as ice <laughs> Or hottest thing. I'm just saying, so I don't really general, know what to believe anymore. In general, mm-hmm. it's either cold or too hot. Because the problem is you can't, when you're at least when I'm washing dishes, you can't turn it all the way to its hottest setting because that's far too hot. No. So you have to find the perfect balance in between. And that is mm-hmm. it's like it's like a complicated algebraic equation where I have to carry the fours and like, no, I'm not about to do this math just in, just to wash a dish. And then it's like, uh, just when you think you've got the temperature right, God forbid I start washing a metal bowl and it feels like I put it, oh, no. putting my fingers directly against the sun. Also, and don't you dare even tell me to wear gloves while I do the dishes, okay? Do I look like I'm about to guide a baby out of a cow's birth canal? No. I'm not going to suit up like I'm climbing Mount Everest just to wash a bowl that I thoroughly destroyed with chocolate chunk ice cream. And I know gloves are supposed to like make it better for your skin or whatever. But like, what what, what am I supposed to do with them when I'm done? Just hang them up somewhere like like skin that I peeled off of a body like I'm some kind of OCD serial killer. Absolutely not. You literally just put them over no! the sink thing. Okay. Sure. <laughs> then there's just sopping wet, uh, limpy gloves hanging on my sink with with gross mold growing on them. I definitely, uh, in my old apartment where I didn't have a dishwasher, I ended up getting gloves because I have like minor eczema, and it just got to the point where I basically yeah, we all have, have minor anymore. eczema. <laughs> That's one of the 
those things that I can't tell if my mom like told me because it was true or just to like make me feel better about the fact that I have really dry skin. <laughs> I don't know. I'll never know. I will um, see. Because like, is that a thing that doctors diagnose? Do they diagnose eczema as quote unquote minor? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. If you had severe eczema, you would know. Right. But anyway, the point is I had gloves for a bit, but now I'm just, you know, um, I have that dishwasher life. Oh, I mean, I've, yeah. okay, we've covered this before. I have a dishwasher that I only kind of know how to use. I use it a lot. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I, I still haven't gotten behind the, the whole thing where you like gradually put stuff in the dishwasher over time and then turn it on. Either I let everything pile up and put it in all at once or I, I individually wash everything. Next! It's also so hard to figure out how strong the flow of water should be. Because one second, it's, it's like an old man with a bad prostate trickling out. But, but then the next second, you turn it up even a little bit, and then BAM! It's Splash Mountain. Just my kitchen is an <laughs> aquarium, and everything I've ever held dear in my life is sopping wet. Especially because, like, at one point you're just washing a dish. It's flat. The water's flowing off. It's going right into the sink. But the second you introduce a spoon, a ladle of any kind into the equation, like, you don't know where that water's going. Yeah, It's going That's everywhere. really why I had this thought the other day, which is proof that, um, I don't know, <laughs> I need other things to do in my life right now. But I was like, I really want one of those, like, restaurant kitchen faucets. That where the it's basically just like a springy hose that dangles from from the ceiling. Yes, that would make my life so much easier and be fun. Yeah, ab- absolutely, be great for the dishes. It'd be great for the dog for me washing. Putty. Yeah, Would love that's that. the other thing. I feel like they have the, the they have that at like the vet or like dog groomers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, because I'm so tall, the the wetness. Okay, brag. That I know. I am a six three. I try to only bring it up at like once a month, but this is this is <laughs> when I'm doing it, I guess. But I I saw some like meme on Twitter of someone being like, every time I wash dishes, and it was a picture of someone with a wet spot on like their stomach, and I was like, I don't get this. And then I realized it's because I'm <laughs> so tall that it's not my stomach that gets wet; it's my wiener. Yeah, it's definitely the crotchal area. Every time for me as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm. I just know I'm walking away from washing dishes every time with a soggy pee pee. That is how it works. <laughs> Next, how the heck am I supposed to clean off burnt on stuff? It's impossible. I attempted to make jam a few weeks ago, and I burnt it obviously. And it took me no exaggeration four full days to get it all the way off. <laughs> Were you using steel wool? Yeah, I went through an entire box of steel wool pads. It was just that like caked on and I could not get it. I soaked it. Yeah, I like prayed. (laughs) And for what? (laughs) I could have just bought a new pan and it would have been easier and probably cheaper. You know what I fucking hate? Steel wool pads. Like they like hurt. They hurt. And every steel wool pad I've ever used like disintegrates in my hand. Right? Which doesn't make any sense. How long am I supposed to use? Also, it's like you need to use this in order to get shit off of your pans. But also, if you use it on the wrong pan, you completely fuck your pan for life. Right? Like (laughs) I I, guess. It's too risky. Yeah. I had to look up how to clean cast iron today because I think I ruined one of my cast iron pans. Did you use soap? You can use soap. You're not supposed to use a lot of it. No. You're not supposed to use it. 
The mistake I made was that I left it in the sink with water on it. And so it, no, no, it got no. kind of rusty. Aww. So I, and I looked it up and you're supposed to use uh, a steel wool to get the rust off and then like start the process over. I don't give a shit. Mm. It's not like I'm like prizing my cast iron skillet for how long I've seasoned it for. Okay. Well then, I mean, that's like the whole point <laughs> of a cast iron skillet, but I'm sure. Next. Every dish is just a reminder of what I something I should have done earlier but didn't. Like like sure I could have rinsed out this bowl before leaving it in the sink for 3 days and but and now I got to scrub it like I'm exercising a demon, but I didn't. And here we are. And now I got to break a sweat just so I could pour a bowl of fruit loops at 3 in the morning. One of I love my boyfriend so so much, but, but. truly one of the things <laughs> that gets on my nerves the most is that he will soak any dish before putting it like before putting in the dishwasher or before washing it and it's like some dishes just don't need to be soaked if it's a cereal dish that you like rinsed out it does not need to soak if it's just like a plate that you had a sandwich on, guess what? You don't need to soak it. <laughs> and he soaks absolutely every dish. Yeah, I mean, that is weird and unnecessary. Sorry. It's just, it, it's procrastinating under the guise of productivity. Sure, sure. I mean, I understand that. Also, I have no idea how often I should be changing my sponge. I do use a sponge, not a rag, because I'm classy Same. like that. But I just don't know. I honestly don't know how SpongeBob stayed looking so fresh all the time. He really mm -hmm. he really made it look easy. And it's not. It's absolutely not. I, every time I use a sponge for even one second, it becomes the most disgusting square that I've ever seen in my life. And I, I am disgusted by it. And I don't want it in my house. And it is banned. Do you wring it out fully? Sometimes. <gasps> Not after every time that you wash the dishes, that you finish washing Maybe the dishes? Maybe it depends on my mood. Oh, my God. Sometimes I don't feel like squeezing it out. My mom puts her sponges in the dishwasher, which I think she's the only person I know who does that. And I started doing it, too. But I don't actually know if it, like, elongates their life. I don't know. It's my sp I, don't I don't care know. about my sponges that much to wash them individually. <laughs> Also, yeah, I have one of those like tiny little um, suction cup baskets that go against the side of my sink that I just hang it in so it dries out. Because like, mm -hmm. I don't know, some people you just like leave the sponge at the bottom of the sink and it's like, okay. No, disgusting. Yeah, or, or, I, I guess you don't care about anything. Welcome to the dump that you live in. You live in, you live in a cesspool of your own making. There are a few smells that I hate more that just absolutely disgust me than a, a dirty old sponge. Yeah, no, I'd rather die. And finally, the problem is you start washing dishes and then you basically have to clean your entire kitchen, which like I didn't sign up for that when I started washing this one dish because then you, you got to clean the sink. Uh, when you're done, you got to scrub the bottom of the sink with your sponge, even though that feels weird. It's like, oh, I'm cleaning the bottom of the sink with the sponge that I use to clean the dishes. Even though theoretically it should be the same thing. The problem is you wash your dishes and then it's like, oh, now I got to clean the bottom of the sink and the faucet. And I might as well do the countertop so I'm at it. And then before you know it, it's four in the morning. You're standing in your underwear smelling like bleach, just crazed eyes shaking because you decided it's time to fucking deep clean everything. That, that is my life. And that 
is why I hate doing the dishes. So that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Em and Christine on the pod right after this commercial break. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest Who Liberty stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. My guest complainers today are the hosts of the podcast, and that's why we drink. Each week, M. Schultz drinks milkshakes and tells a paranormal story, and Christine Schieffer drinks alcohol and tells a true crime story. The perfect podcast, really, besides mine, but you know, <laughs> I'll share. I'll share the spotlight. <laughs> Welcome, Em and Christina. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're so amped to be here. I've also been listening to your prime podcast. We can share number one, I guess, and uh, I'm, I'm very excited <laughs> okay, to be here, so thank you. Uh, no, I'm so excited. So we like to get started by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? And why don't you take take it away first? Okay, okay. I have two, and they're both things that I know Christine loves. So I at least know oh, I've got good. that one set of confirmation on my end. We're getting personal right away. <laughs> I, I think you'll agree, too, because I am the outlier at, at most parties when I say this. But I don't like board games. I hate board games. Okay. And I hate cheese. See, you're a sicko. That's the, It's true. I know. You're a sicko. Okay, we have to dive into both of these. <laughs> That's fine. That's okay. Let's start with board games. Yeah, that seems like that's less damaging to my reputation. I'll step in right, and say right. M just hates games, I'm pretty sure. Like, M doesn't like to play games. I Specifically board okay. games, though, because you're not wrong. But I have not one competitive bone in my body. Uh-huh. And I am was an only child, so I don't understand, like, sibling rivalries and, like, having to be the best. I'm like, I don't... Under- that sounds toxic. <laughs> and uh, when it comes to board games, anytime I play board games with someone, it's often people who are like, I'm going to kick your ass. And it's like, okay, well, you could also just... We could just not play, and you can just tell everyone that happened. I don't care. Right. So I'm, like, the most boring person to play a game with anyway. So no one enjoys it. It ends up being an awful time. So that's my really bad explanation. I I do come from a very competitive board game family and I I do think that informs a person's attitude yes. towards games. It's like how violent people got <laughs> yeah, I, over like taboo. The the neighbors across the street uh growing up across the street they're a family of 6 and they're the most competitive people I've ever met. Uh-huh. And I would hear them in my house screaming because their games got so intense. It's like, why would I want to walk into that home and play with you? It sounds so not fun. So it's, it's, I I guess more nurture versus nature that I grew up listening to people scream over board games. Yeah. Yeah. I I see that. My family, we used to go every year to Michigan on vacation, the very Midwestern. It's like, you know, you go where the, I guess the water is anyway. (laughs) There was one year where someone called out my grandmother for like using one of the taboo words, Uh which is, uh, of of course, taboo in the game taboo. And she got so mad. She got up, said, we're leaving. And like (laughs) 
<laughs> left vacation. <laughs> left vacation. Oh no. And then drove drove back to Chicago where we yeah. So over taboo. <laughs> Okay, but here's the thing. I also love drama. So your grandma sounds like someone I would have wanted to be in. I would have been like, I'm getting in the car. Something <laughs> fell off about this. And then I was like, right, but M would walk into a house full of fighting people because M loves to watch that happen. I, I just like to be the fly on the wall. I love drama. And I just want to like kind of sit at the counter and observe it, you know? So everybody else, yeah, we could start the board game once the fight breaks out. And I'll come downstairs. Come <laughs> yeah. And I'll bring the popcorn. I'll be like, tell me who who do we hate right now? What's going on? Yeah. Right, right. Uh, okay. And then cheese? This is, yeah. this is the more controversial This is troubling one. to me. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's not like it's because you're, you know, it's like troubles your tummy. It's like you literally just don't like the taste of it, right? I don't. And I, I that's why I, I came in hot with the board games. I was hoping we could avoid it. Um, but <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I was <laughs> not going to just brush past that. Uh, so cheese yeah um i i like it if it's necessary to a dish like (laughs) like pizza like but other than that like as like a it's its own item it just tastes like i'm eating a sponge or like um (laughs) it doesn't taste good i'm worried about the cheese that you've been eating i know me too (laughs) me too like maybe i'm eating the wrong cheese but anytime i've seen people just like you know if there's like a wine and cheese night i don't drink so i'm like i guess i'm gonna go after the cheese and then i every time i eat it i'm like Right. It doesn't taste like anything or it tastes like how it smells to me, which is, neither is enjoyable. I have had so many board game wine and cheese nights and M would, I can imagine you just walk, turning right around and walking out the door like you would <laughs> what hate What a nightmare. That. Yeah. <laughs> what a nightmare. <laughs> I would. I'd just text you and be like, let me know how it goes. <laughs> but also Christina and I have completely opposite taste palettes. And so the second that we discovered that about each other, I didn't even dare discuss cheese for a while. I was like, I know she loves that shit. It's true. Cause I think Emma and I have such opposite tastes and I did grow up in the Midwest, but my parents are German. And like, so we ate the weirdest shit. Like I was always that kid at lunch who like everyone kind of was eyeing and like everyone else got like Dunkaroos and I got like ostrich kielbasa or something. Um, and so, you know, that's a real example, by the way. What a palette. I believe it. So I think I just like have always eaten weird shit. So I don't blame M most of the time because we definitely have very opposite tastes. But cheese, that one I can't quite get over. Okay. Um, Christine, mm-hmm. do you have uh, things that you hate that everybody else loves? This might be more of like a preference, but I know a lot of people hate talking on the phone. So that's not like a unique thing. But like when my phone rings, I have like an immediate like physical reaction, <laughs> even if it's just like my mom or M or somebody. I hate the phone so much. And I think I've like kind of so I've as we all have spent a lot of time with my own thoughts during quarantine, like significantly mm-hmm. too many. And I think part of the problem is that I rely very heavily on like reading people and their body language. And I think like, and I grew up speaking German. I didn't speak English. I was like six or seven. And so I think I have this weird built in fear that like, I'm not going to have a normal com. I don't know. I have a lot of anxiety, but talking on the phone, man, <laughs> like I if you can't you see, like if you can't see their expression, yeah. then you can't gauge where this is going. <laughs> how, how, what is your stance on like a video call then? Do you feel better about it or is it, it, do you? I can't decide if I hate video calls or phone calls more. (laughs) (laughs) And I've obviously been thrown directly into the fire with quarantine. So like now I'm like, it's fine. But there's just something about like my anxieties peaked when I'm not like 
face to face with somebody, even when it's like already an awkward conversation. I don't know. Yeah. I, I have problems. Also, I'm a real asshole of a friend then because I call Christine at least twice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> and Emma's like, well, I'm I'm helping you overcome with like immersion therapy. And I was like, OK, well, I guess we'll see if it works, <laughs> which like was just my excuse of like, I I need to call you. And also now you don't even live in L.A. So it's like I got to. I'm sorry, but I got to call you. <laughs> Listen, I never understood why people need to call over text. I never got it. I never understood it. But you know what? <sighs> I am. I'm so with you uh, on that. I'm. I'm like no, especially an unsolicited phone call. Thank you. It's just like I. I mind it less if it's scheduled. Right. If you're like I'm going to call you at this time, then I have time to like kind of like think about it and prepare. Yeah. I feel like I'm just unloading my like person. What I no, my do favorite it. thing. No. My favorite thing our- in an interview is just to talk about my personal life as much as possible oh, with people. That's I, what a podcast I, is you know, for. Really. Just I just said I to love know. drama. I love drama. <laughs> Tell. Tell me all your woes. I gotta know. No, I was so I've started to get comfortable like swiping on the apps a little bit uh-huh. more. And cause I could imagine like, okay, I can go meet someone at the park. We can have like a socially distanced yeah. meetup or something. Um and there was someone I was talking to, um, and we we swapped numbers and then that night that we exchanged we'd been chatting for like a day. He FaceTimed <gasps> me out of nowhere. And okay, I was like that's- Absolutely not. I just got literal right. chills. This, like that's how sc- scared yeah. that scary that was. Did you did you answer? You didn't answer, right? No, I was <laughs> okay. like absolutely not. I replied and I was like, there is no way I'm Facetiming. And then he followed up like twice more, and I basically got like pressured into answering a Facetime call. And I Ooh. and that was clear. He was like absolutely like quarantine drunk. Okay, yeah. that gives uh-huh. a little bit of leeway. I guess. That somehow makes him better in my mind. I guess it makes more sense. <laughs> but I will say, I just changed my mind. I think a video or Facetime is often worse because you can't just be like you can be on the phone and just like on the computer doing stuff right with a FaceTime like you have to engage the whole time and I'm like what if I need to be doing like laundry or I need to be like ignoring you and being on Pinterest right now so I can't lie and tell you I'm busy you know I'm in bed (laughs) you see the background that's a good point so I think I think there's to both of your points I think there's a hierarchy of like when you have cross the threshold into being allowed to FaceTime someone out of the right. blue, like, especially I, I like you have to have earned your stripes in the friendship of like, unless we're meeting up and I'm about to park and I need to tell you where I am. Then that's like, if there's an emergency kind of phone call, I get it. But other than that, like we don't talk outside of text until a certain level. And then we don't FaceTime until a certain level. And then, right. and then we're close. <laughs> I am like hard agree. There is, there is a hierarchy. You have to like make it onto the list of people yes. that I will allow to call or FaceTime out of the blue. Amen. Uh-huh. Amen. Okay. Left turn. We've got our complaining on. So tell me about the, the origins of your podcast for people who have not heard it. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure you've told the origin story a thousand times, but. Well, we do love to complain. So that does actually <laughs> make up quite a good element of the show Um, we don't usually start with that but I think here it's pretty fitting to say that it's actually a huge component of what we do Um, but yeah it's a true crime paranormal show Um, every week M tells a paranormal story and I tell a true crime story we don't tell each other in advance so and we usually don't know about at all anything about the other person's topic so it's really fun to kind of like surprise each other um, and we actually became friends like shortly before starting the podcast. So over the last couple of years, we've kind of 
gotten to know each other while doing the podcast while other people kind of joined in on like I learned M for example went to clown college while we were recording and so everyone else got to learn that with me so it's kind of a weird uh journey we've been on and have dragged our listeners through Uh uh-huh everyone's forced to watch us become friends in some way so what is the what is the friend origin story uh so well we first met each other in boston when we were in grad school and we were studying television production and christine and i when we were at school in boston we didn't run in the same circles i knew of christine and we i'd gone to like a super bowl party at her apartment but we literally lived across the street from each other and just never spoke. And when we moved out here after graduation, all of our friends moved home. And I knew, oh, yeah, that girl Christine from BU is still out here. <laughs> that weirdo. And I'm by myself. <laughs> and I was like, I guess out of necessity, we're both pretty lonely and probably need to just like stick it together. So uh, I planned on going to this Harvest Festival um, just because I was trying to see what was going on. And I invited Christine and it was and I had probably... I had a flannel that I hadn't worn yet. And I was like, well, I guess I might <laughs> I might as well say yes to this social uh, engagement. Uh-huh. And so we both went to this Harvest Festival, did not know each other. It was a lot of awkward small it was talk. So but awkward. <laughs> it was. And then we did this like we did a corn maze and all that. And we went to there was a tractor ride. And on that tractor ride was the beginning of the friendship where we were stuck on this like little vehicle for a half an hour and had to talk to each other. <laughs> And so uh, somehow we got on the topic of talking about ghosts and true crime. And that was kind of the first thing we really had in common and spoke about easily with each other. And at some point, Christine said, oh, do you listen to podcasts? And I said, what's a podcast? (laughs) And so she introduced me to a few that she liked. And I would say by the end of that tractor ride, I knew that we were going to be really good friends. And we started hanging out very often after that and always talking about ghosts and true crime because that was kind of our first mutual love and uh not even a couple months later i was like let's just start our own podcast and see where it it's goes true because that was in like october november and then we started the podcast like our first ep- in january in january yeah so it was like a very quick turnaround and i remember em being like hey maybe we should start a pod and we were staying up till like 4 a.m just talking about ghosts and crime whatever and uh em texted me like hey do you want to start a podcast and we still have the screenshot and i was like mm, i didn't respond for seven hours and then i was like i have so much phonings i don't even know this is just a prime <laughs> example where i was like i don't know what to do about this and my husband who's my boyfriend at the time we were living together and he was like you need to do so- like something because I, I was just like broke unemployed like lounging around depressed and he was like maybe you should just do like have a hobby and so finally I was like okay so thank <laughs> god I finally was like all right M, we can try it and thank god we did because you know here we are now <laughs> yeah. yeah I do love that um because one of my questions was going to be um like when you kind of learn that the other person was kind of like as much of a freak as yeah. um as you are the, <laughs> but it sounds tractor. like literally yeah the first conversation the <laughs> And by the way, I mean, I say uh, the, the word freak with as much oh, yes. we, love as possible. It's a compliment. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> with, with like a pH or something. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I do think, yeah, there is something about like the, the true crime and like paranormal like genres that it's like it is so successful because people are like deep down, whether they like to admit it or not, like 
love freaky shit freaks freaks like <laughs> us that's right yeah, yeah very true we were we were fortunate we stepped in kind of right when that true crime thing was like picking up and so we got in at that moment and it i feel like we're really good timing on that part um and there's so many now which is great because i literally listen to like every single one so um yeah it's become like a huge thing in the u.s do you have a uh one story that kind of like stands out in each genre you you both nodded immediately (laughs) (laughs) m stories have gotten some like uh infamy actually Yeah. yeah so uh I'm not going to say their names because they are allegedly very cursed, but there are. That's fine by me. (laughs) I don't want my podcast to be cursed in any way. We would never do that to you. There are uh, a few dolls that are very haunted. One of them is actually now owned by Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures and it's at his museum in Vegas. Uh Um, But the other one who's arguably much more dangerous uh, either of the dolls, if you look in their eyes, even if it's just online, you Google a picture of them, or if you say their name, people swear that they, you know, have um, back pain the next day, or they have seizures, or end up in the hospital. There are a lot get, of people who get nose, like we talk about this nose doll, bleeds. and people will just like get nosebleeds while we're talking I about it. It's horrible. So <laughs> it's horrible. We've had, we've had a lot of people email us saying that when they were listening to us on their way to like work or whatever, they got in car wrecks, or like they've even um, like they're audio wouldn't work when they were listening to the podcast and even our own uh, editors have said that like the audio anytime we mention those dolls in uh, their names by the way if we mention them on the show the audio is really screwy that yeah the last so. one em mentioned like casually talked about one of them um, in the midst of another story and the the guy who was helping us edit said later that uh he went and he couldn't find the files and he went in google drive and it had him it said at like 103 p.m like he deleted these files and he was like i was not even at the computer i was helping another show at record. I don't like the, any of I know, this. and then he's like, he's like, took a screenshot. He's like, it says I did this, but I was like in a different room. So I don't know. Creepy shit happens with these dolls. Yeah, they're the only episodes that I've had to do content warnings for because it's like, I, if you're too freaked out, I'm gonna say their names, and if you're driving, maybe stop. So right, is there a fave true crime story? I like am partial to the ones that are kind of unsolved, which is like mm, also frustrating you know they're the frustrating ones because you're like well I just want an answer but they're also I think the most compelling because you can like talk about theories and you know discuss like what maybe happened or even see if you can come up with your own theory and like especially Netflix recently released um, the new Unsolved Mysteries series which I highly recommend and it's just so creepy to watch some of these uh, stories like Elisa Lam I think is one of my favorites it was an early episode and she there's like video footage of her on an elevator acting super weird and hitting like certain buttons. And then she was found uh, in the water tank on the roof of the hotel. Right. Right. And so just like stuff like that, where it's just really unsettling and like, you just don't have the answers. I think those are probably my favorites. Um, but I love them all. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm so, I started watching unsolved mysteries on Netflix and I was like, I literally, I can only do parts of it at a time. And, uh, <laughs> only because, yeah, I'm like, I'm too weak for this. Yeah. I was never safe. like, <clears throat> I'm just that. Uh, yeah. I never really loved like horror movies either. Oh, so I hate I, horror movies. That's <laughs> the thing. Like I hate anything like gory or like, I, I'm not a fan of horror movies, but like for whatever reason, true crime is very comforting to me, which I know is so <laughs> twisted. <laughs> <laughs> but it's what works. I don't know. 
we're almost we're closing. I do want to complain more. Uh, I can't. <laughs> oh, <please. laughs> oh my god! With without question, you've met the right people. Um, well, so, cause uh, we did ask you both, um, ahead of time for a few topics to complain about so we could go through some of them. Christine, one of yours was jerks on social media. I don't know what it is about this quarantine. And I think everyone's spending too much time with their thoughts, but man, people have been getting mean and I don't know. <laughs> I think like maybe it's the, you know, we like to blame astrology sometimes, but mm-hmm, I've just noticed mm-hmm. at least in the past couple of weeks, I've gotten a lot more like kind of angry messages. And maybe that's just because of the state of the world, which I don't blame people, obviously, but I don't know. People seem to be a little more vicious than usual. Um, yeah. It, I guess it's the concept of like, oh, you're really brave, like behind the screen, right. like when you're not looking at someone. And now people have only had their screens. Yeah, that's right. true. Right. <laughs> people are getting real courageous. Right. There are no there are no real world consequences to anything right. because there is no real world anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Bingo. That's Wait, it. Someone put that on a shirt. Hang on. Wait. That's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So I had a couple of weeks there where I was just like, wow, people are getting me down. Um, and I've had to really limit my like Twitter time. And I mean, we're lucky we don't have most of our listeners are just like wonderful and not hateful by any means but there have been a couple uh who've slid in there and been like kind of i don't know uh too far um we just realized like tiktok is like the only place where you can just keep scrolling and like positive things will happen which is so weird because like it took me forever to even figure out what tiktok was but like if you keep scrolling on twitter you're like it's just getting worse and worse and worse and nothing good is gonna come out of it but if you're on tiktok you're like oh now i learned a new way to fold my laundry or (laughs) hey i learned a fun (laughs) dance i don't know i feel like there's positivity there at least for now yeah I haven't figured it out. So, um, oh, yeah. you're missing out. TikTok is a dream. <laughs> but also, oh, it will suck I, hours of your life away. So maybe be careful. If you're feeling like, oh, this is going to be a productive time for me, just don't get TikTok. It, <laughs> your life is gone like that. It's yeah. just gone. No, I don't need any more time sucks no. at this point. I've abandoned the like time limit function oh, on yeah. my iPhone. <laughs> like I, there was just like every day it would say like your time is up and I would click ignore. That, and I was like, why am I, off, why am yeah. I bothering anyway? Like, mm, watch me. <laughs> yeah. Um, M, one of yours was trying to get on a better sleep schedule. Which is not working. Um, <laughs> That's just so, like, you hate the concept of just like trying to improve sleep. Oh, I I hate the concept. So I've always had sleep problems. And then with quarantine, it's like, oh, well, there's literally no reason to right. be awake sometimes. And that sounds wildly depressing. <laughs> but like, but it's like true where it's like, oh, if I'm in a comfy position, it's like, I might as well just close my eyes and like, what's going to happen if I don't do that? And so right. it's my sleep schedule has been completely messed up where like more than usual. So now I'm going to bed at like four or five in the morning and that's not good. And <laughs> I've even tried like, Oh, I'll go to sleep, you know, at a normal time and then I'll wake up at a normal time. But then I do that thing where I oversleep and I just wake up at the exact same time. And then I'm totally out of whack. So I'm, I don't really have a bedtime anymore. It's just whenever my body kind of collapses and then right. I just, <laughs> And then I wake up and I'm productive for a little bit and then I just kind of fall, like kind of just faint away again. So I don't I don't even have a, a time schedule, which I guess is the the big complaint here. I don't know how to sleep anymore. <laughs> I I totally am with you. I 
I don't know any adult who has like a, a, a bedtime. I it's at least not a functioning one. Yeah. I used to have like an actual routine when I had a day job. And then even before quarantine, I had a pretty good system of waking up at like a normal ish time. Mm-hmm. I still slept in late compared to my day job, but I still woke up at the same time, went to bed at the same time. And then with quarantine, I've just decided like throwing caution to the wind. And I'm like, I'm just going to stay up and see what happens if I right. don't go to sleep. And then all of a sudden I'm like, shocker, <laughs> exhausted the next day. Uh, like I have... I guess Christina and I both have this quality where if we have this like spurt of creativity, all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, now I can't go to sleep until that thing is actually created and in my hands in a real solid Mm -hmm. product. And so I'll have these ideas only when I'm already delirious from not sleeping. (laughs) So at like 2 a.m., I'm like, this is a genius idea. And it's probably not. But then by noon the next day, it's done. And I'm like, and it's like the most wild thing in the world. And I'll show it to Christine. And I'm like, I'm going to go to bed now. So like just in my sleep is totally out like of M liter- But that's how the genius is made because M built it like, for example, an entire escape room in their apartment, like like a real <laughs> life, like better than anyone that I've done at an actual place. And like, so I went over there and it was like a surprise. And um, we did this like full escape room. And I mean, like locks and glow in the dark things on the ceiling. And it was, and M was like, basically eye twitching like yeah I just made this in the last 48 hours and I was like oh my god like the chaos I, I appreciate you finding a positive spin to like what some therapists would consider immediate necessary help. listen this podcast was built on insomnia so it's okay <laughs> I do love I was not expecting the the like productive thing that you do when you have that idea and you can't go to sleep to be uh, an escape room <laughs> as <laughs> birthday present. It, it, they are. I will say it's always worth it. Like the ideas that do come out of my head, they're things that nobody would think about because you have to be slap happy for it to even show up. Right. But then when it comes out, I'm like, oh, wow, that actually was like a pretty solid choice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before I let both of you go, I want to ask, um, where can people find you and your work? Sure. Uh, you can check us out. Everything's pretty much at and that's why we drink.com. Um, on mm-hmm. social media, we're at ATWWD Podcast. We're doing a virtual uh, live show since our live tour was canceled on the 22nd of August. So that uh, info is online as well. And um, you can follow me at Xteen Schieffer and M at the M Schultz. And yes. that's pretty much pretty much it. Or you can listen to us wherever you know you listen to your pods. Yeah. I mean, there was so much, so much background. If I mean, We didn't even get to clown colleges, <laughs> uh, but everybody could go and, and listen to your pod and uh, hopefully you'll find um, out we'll, plenty. <laughs> yeah. All of the blanks will be filled in. <laughs> well, thank you both so much. I had so much fun and um, yeah, keep staying alive. <laughs> keep, keep not answering your phone is what I <laughs> keep on keeping on. Keep on yeah. keeping on. Thank exactly. you so much for having us. This was a blast. <laughs> thank you so, so much. Oh, all right. We're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier. Starting with do better white people. Barry, what are we highlighting this week? This week, I am highlighting a comedy show. Oh. It is Z-Way Fumado's Instagram live comedy show. I highly recommend it. It's an iteration of her old videos, Baited with Z-Way, 
where she just basically invites people on and, and baits them with uh, race questions. It's every Thursday. The guests range from Caroline Calloway, Alyssa Milano, Allison Roman, Jeremy O'Harris, also other comedians like like Patty Harrison and Yasser Lesser. And it's it's funny. It's extremely uncomfortable. It's also educational. And I don't know, I just felt like if you don't know about it, uh, it is it is something that you should be aware of. So it's on Z-Way's Instagram. We'll put a link in it. And Z-Way, obviously, famously, was also a guest complainer on this podcast, but we'll put her Instagram handle in the show notes. And uh, it's just, you know, I, I feel like um, just watch it and then you'll understand why I put it on this it's funny it's also legitimately educational at times it's also extremely cringeworthy um but i don't know i feel like it's uh she doesn't only interview canceled white people but there are quite a few of them who have done the show right um and it's kind of like a lesson in performative whiteness in a really interesting way um but i don't know you've you've seen some of it right yeah well a yes z way i feel like she was one of our very first guests on unhappy Hour. yeah she was definitely on here very early on um but yeah i remember watching them because she used to do them on youtube and they were like just like making her friends uncomfortable <laughs> with like purposefully provocative questions Mm-hmm. Now I feel like it's gotten a little more real. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I certainly recommend it. I also uh, am afraid of it. Yep. <laughs> I don't understand why people go on it, no. but uh, I'm glad that they do. And it's it's asking questions like, how many close black friends do you have? And then a lot of the typically white people are like, well, how do you define close? And like, it just, I don't know, people are so uncomfortable talking about race. And to just actually see people talk about it so uncomfortably is some parts cathartic, some parts upsetting, a very funny. And I don't know, like, it is an act of anti-racism on Z-Way's part, I feel, to like be doing this show and just to kind of probe in a in a very interesting and funny way. So that's what I'm highlighting this week. I love it. Now let's get into uh, some of the TV we're watching this week. What have you been uh, watching on the TV? Oh, well, on the old tube, uh, I finished Rami season two and I finished Search Party. I I had watched like two episodes and then I watched all of the rest of it. It's a very good binging show and it's probably my favorite season so far. Uh, But I finished both of those things that I really enjoyed and now I don't know what to watch next. So what are you watching? What should I watch? Um, Well, you probably I don't I don't know. Did you ever watch Great British Bake Off? Like no, all of it. I don't watch a ton of reality. Okay, like, well, fuck off. <laughs> I'm sorry. I would, I would at least watch an episode. Well, okay, that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been watching. I probably have said this before, like a long time ago. But I've been obviously in a very baking mood lately. Um, obviously, I've been baking a whole bunch a lot lately, and I've seen all of the Great British Bake Off probably three or four times. But there's also on Netflix uh, a show called Great British Bake Off Masterclass, which is um, Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood, the original judges of Great British Bake Off, going through the recipes and making them themselves. Yeah, 
it's just a it's a fun fun show i feel like now i'm watching it from the lens of having baked a whole bunch this past year and it's Mm -hmm. like i feel like i'm now instead of just enjoying watching these old british people bake stuff i'm actually like learning (laughs) so (laughs) it's educational and i'm i'm about to to whip up some even more complicated recipes but yeah, it is so soothing just watching British people bake stuff. So highly, <laughs> highly recommend. Nice. What uh, is your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser is a little bit of a cop-out because I've talked about cocktails before. But we we are a part of a CSA. And sometimes with a CSA, you get fruit or vegetables that you don't know what to do with. And last week we got red currants, which are a berry that like typically you don't eat fresh like it's usually you're baking with it dried or they're kind of you know more like a raisin than a fresh fruit i don't know Um, what a current is exactly (laughs) i've never seen a current (laughs) um i don't either it's a type of berry um they're very very tart and so we didn't know what to do with it and we were going to make margaritas and then alex was like well what if we what if we make the red currant into a simple syrup and we looked up a recipe and that's what we did and it was so good and we added it to the margarita and it's like it made it like sweet and tart at the same time and now I'm obsessed with red currant syrup so that is my chaser this week is the margarita that we made Mm. also I'm going to be on vacation next week we're driving to Michigan and Chicago tomorrow so I'm very excited to actually see my family for the first time it's i normally fly to chicago almost once a month like I'm, I'm very close with my family and also like to be with them uh like a lot and i haven't seen my brother and sister-in-law and nephew in seven months which is the longest i've ever gone without seeing them and i haven't seen my parents or my sister who's pregnant or my brother-in-law in like five months which is also the longest i've gone without seeing them in my whole life so i'm really really excited to drive to the midwest and be reunited with my family nice what about you what's your chaser mine well they're both boring they're not as exciting as yours one as red currant syrup (laughs) i was just gonna say like berries in general oh my god did i say this before i don't think so no probably not because i would have remembered that reaction I just like it's berry season. I feel like I already put blueberries in like everything. Yeah, I love for like a snack. I'm one of those people now. I feel like I maybe said this because I I've been like getting um if sometimes I'll I'll get high and then like stand in front of the fridge and just eat strawberries <laughs> <laughs> just right from the fridge and they're so good. Like a good yeah, a good strawberry right so from much. the fridge. Mm. Um. My other thing was going to be also boring and and um, an elderly of me, but the New York Times crossword puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been doing the crossword for a while. I'm currently on because they have the, a, a new one that comes out every day. But if you are a, a subscriber and uh, you can go through the archives, but um, I'm currently I think I'm on a 40 day streak of doing the, the crossword with no hints. Mm-hmm. So if you complete it with no hints, it like counts it towards your streak. I did cheat like a couple of days where I had to like, I never outright Google the answer, but I will like check my work. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it is kind of cheating. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just so I feel like I'm genuinely getting like better at it. And it's a it's I feel like a good thing that I can use my brain on. It's not like I'm mindlessly scrolling through something. I'm like looking at my phone but doing a like thing that requires some brain work, which I like. Anyway, it's just like, it brings me joy. So I don't have to justify it. Fuck you. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I've I've done, I've never finished one and I've tried doing one like once and it just made me feel like the biggest idiot in the world. So I truly believe that people who do those crossword puzzles are really intelligent and uh, I'm glad it brings you joy. Yeah, well, I, well, I am very intelligent. So... <laughs> <laughs> And that's it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and then rate us and review us. But only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And you can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline. Tell us your own rant that we might feature on the show at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hmm. Hmm.